0: The following podcast is presented in audio format only. Therefore, viewer discretion is strongly advised.
1: Welcome to Unhinged, the podcast that will have you going mental as we talk about life and all its twists and turns. With your hosts, the guys from the Blue Room. Yes.
0: Doug and Ed. And now, Doug and Ed. Hey, that's us. We're uh, very glad to have you guys back uh, to the Unhinged podcast. Uh, But we're not surprised.
1: Uh, We tend to grow on you quickly, much like a fungus. Uh, But like yeast, we always rise to expectations. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, In the last podcast, you started telling us all about your experience with deep brain stimulation. So why don't you start us off uh, by telling us some more details about that about the procedure and what you went through and your experience living with it so far.
0: Yeah, um I'll preface it by saying of course we'll, we're going to put up all the information on the blog. There's going to be tons of great resources and really explaining the procedure. I don't want to get, you know, too technical cuz Uh, It takes too long, and uh, we're fun guys, too. Get it, (laughs) fun guy? that's Um, good. But but I do want to give everyone an understanding pretty much of the overall uh, process, as we say process here uh, in Canada, Um, but to get that frame of reference so you understand exactly what this is. And people uh, with depression must make sure that they get the proper diagnosis. That is the key to everything. Um, and, you know, uh, by doing that, you follow, you know, sort of the order of things. You may benefit from talk therapy and CBT, and then you move on to a uh, simple medication, and then maybe two medications, and, and so on and so forth. But this is, you know, a last resort thing. This is for the people who have TRD, as I do. So, you know, we're talking like 8% you know of people um and well let,
1: let's of let, let's uh back up a little bit and just remind people exactly what D- DBS is it's an actual surgical procedure where they implant electrodes in, inside your brain correct
0: yes it's uh you know this is major brain surgery there are definite risks involved especially when they're screwing into your skull um there's just you know obviously risk there um the uh it, there's two parts to the surgery uh it, it's loosely kind of uh nicknamed the brain pacemaker um but um yes there are two electrodes that are implanted in the frontal lobe and specifically um Dr. Helen Mayberg who um heads up uh the neuropsychiatry department at Emory University started here in Toronto with the first Um, DBS study for treatment resistant depression Um, and she was the one who founded um, what we know as Area 25 which is called the cingulate gyrus Uh, seems to be where uh, the serotonin is uh, likely hiding (laughs) Uh, but you know where we experience pleasure motivation Mm -hmm. uh, those types of things Um, so they're focusing on that. They, there have been other studies uh, that have focused on um, other parts of the brain uh, in a similar area in the front to the limbic system. And, uh, but this has um, been the most promising so far. So, so the uh, idea
1: um, is that the electrodes stimulate area 25 to help release serotonin, Right.
0: Yeah, in part, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and and uh, there's kind of a debate whether there's too much stimulation going on in, in that part of the brain or there's not enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, the uh, I'll finish what it is. Basically, the, the electrodes are implanted and then there are wires that run down uh, just under the skin Uh, down the head around the ears where a lot of the wires collect around the back of the ear and then down your neck you can actually where you sort of feel a vein in your neck I'm feeling a a wire Hmm. and that goes down uh, to about just under the collarbone on the chest uh, on the other side where you would if you had a regular pacemaker but I have this neuromodulator that's uh, implanted in, in my chest. Uh, and that 's where the electrical signal originates from, and uh, you can uh, it can be adjusted by intensity level uh, mm-hmm. how much juice basically is sent, and also the electrodes can uh, be put in uh, slightly different positions
1: it, um, is the is Is it a constant uh, stimulation or is it on a schedule? How does it actually no,
0: it's it 's pretty much a constant um and like again you know, yeah, no it's not a trickle it's mm. a, it's a constant as a trickle would be if the battery was running out it would begin to trickle mm. um and uh so yeah no this is a this is a sort of a regular um uh, you know light electrical impulse that's being sent and again depending on the intensity level uh Helen Mayberg uh you know, prefers a high intensity level but yet there's also now some speculation that it could possibly do some damage to the brain, maybe to lesions of the brain. And so there's, there's so much uncharted territory for me trying to just say, hey, this is the last straw here, um, you know, uh, before I even consider uh, the path of uh, Robin Williams. Hey, you know, the, you know, I'm fighting for my life here and I got to take whatever risk is involved. Right. Right. Um,
1: so um, so did you consider this like your your last-ditch effort, basically? Uh, you, you, you got to a point where you were very desperate, and you, you felt no fear in going in for brain surgery. So: Well, so. you know, I, I was already uh, you know I was already about 44 years old, so
0: this has been a long fight. Uh, the ECT, you know I had about four times as many rounds as most people who end up getting cured from it. Which they have quite a good cure rate, sixty-five to seventy percent, uh, and I really thought that was going to be my my savior. Uh, when it wasn't, that was that was real tough, and I spent more time because of it um, in in the mental hospital. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, so, uh, going back to my doctor and, and realizing that uh, our talk therapy was just going in circles, and it has been for decades. And I just one day just said, you know what. Uh, enough talking. You mentioned that you might, that there's a a clinical trial about this brain surgery. And at that point I was, I had gone through every emotion anyone can go through. I was just numb. Mm-hmm. He he mentioned brain surgery. I was like, yeah, sign me up. Yep. You know, like uh, whatever, you know, uh, most people, you know, when they hear brain surgery, it's like, oh, well, I'm going to have to take some time to think about it. I'll get back to you next Tuesday. Right. I just, you know, I just said, I just climbed right board. you know, um, so then and, tell and us that's
1: uh tell us right what happened right after you you got it done you got the procedure done you went home uh yeah
0: well, they do the procedure uh again there's two part procedure the first part is an eight hour procedure where uh your your head is frozen so it's just uh a general anesthetic um and uh because they you have to be awake because when they're working in your brain, they have to be able to talk to you and make sh- make sure that you can uh you're functioning and there's no problems right, right. Uh, and then you're you're put completely under where they do part two where they implant the neuromodulator into your chest mm-hmm. um, and that uh um, has a battery that needs to be changed uh depending on the um the level of intensity you have it set at. Mine has been set such that I've been getting uh, opened up. They pull it out and they change the battery and put it back in, and then suture me back up. And I go about about just uh, just over
1: each year. Oh, so Um, once a year you have to change your batteries.
0: Yeah, and ultimately they should they they're you know planning to come out with rechargeable, um, but right now they're they're it's just not quite there yet.
1: So then, so you had it done, uh, that eight hour procedure, was it, was it something that you were able to go home right after or, uh, was there Uh, a recovery period?
0: It's
1: definitely a recovery
0: period. I mean, they're, you know, um, besides, uh, opening your skull to put these electrodes in before any of that, they're attaching a large steel cage completely, uh, or the circumference of your skull, of your head. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then they end up drilling it into the front, into your forehead. I have two little marks on each side of my forehead. So to make sure that your head does not move at all when they're working inside. Um, And so once you get through all that, then, you know, you come out of it. Uh, and they, the way they are, we here with socialized medicine and uh, the need for beds. I believe I went home either late that night or the next morning. Wow. Uh, they don't turn it on. Um, they wait two weeks so that the brain has a chance to heal from a lot of, you know, um, uh, tr- trauma that it goes through uh, during the procedure. Mm-hmm. Um, and frankly, they they've seen people, uh, respond in three months. Um, there's, uh, uh, there was, um, one of the study members, uh, was about a 65 year old man with grandchildren. And, uh, he just lived in the basement in the dark and didn't talk to anybody. And two years and six months later, one day, all of a sudden they saw him and he was playing with the kids and everything was brighter. And, uh, for me, it, um, I was really thinking in my head, I'll do this surgery. I'll give it six months. Right. And uh, six months came and, you know, uh, the the fear is obviously always there. I gave it more time and and actually um, it was a year and two months. Uh, One morning I woke up uh, very early and I was a completely different person. It was a complete one eighty. I ended up. I think it was about six in the morning, just getting on my bicycle, riding to the park, and just sitting in the park bench and watching kids play and smiling. And I started crying tears of joy. And it was an unbelievable, um, you know, experience that I can't. Obviously, and it was just it over.
1: After that year, it was just like a, a switch got flipped, it, and it just happened.
0: Yes, and most people, you know, what they were striving for, uh, the people that suffer with TRD uh, get to very severe levels of depression. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, that's what really keeps you from really being able to function. Uh, they're, they were at least hoping to get people to moderate to severe, moderate level, where I went from, uh, they use a scale called the Hamilton Depression Scale um, when you go in, uh, before they make an adjustment to see sort of where you're at, it's a scale scored one to 30. So one is, um, good and 30 is, you know, severe category, right? Um, I would always score around 28, 29. Um, uh, I think about six months after the surgery, I was a uh, scored about a 17, and then exactly that time, uh, it was, um uh, uh, spring of 2013 um and i went in and I, I i i was really basically manic i mean i was just i just my brain became alive and i just wanted to absorb everything just like a child just mm-hmm. like a newborn kid just i wanted to see everything do everything and i went in and i scored a one wow uh, I hold the record. You know, I mean, it was it was an unbelievable experience. Um, and to make a long story short, what happened was uh, after three months of that, um, um, my battery, uh, I have a detector that I can hold up to my chest and, and check on the battery. Um, I hadn't checked it in a couple of weeks. Uh, and I checked it and it, it showed that the battery was low where you have to go within... You're you're best off going within the first, um, once you see it uh, red that the battery needs changing, you need to get in within two, three weeks to get the battery changed because it trickles, but it will Mm -hmm. eventually run out. Uh, And coincidentally, since that battery change, uh, I woke up the next day uh, right back. Um, The three months was over, and I was right back, and I completely relapsed. And I've been there ever since, so it was kind of like a three-month acid trip, but it was. And so that was
1: in 2013, and that was 2013. Yeah. So three years later, and it still hasn't come back on for you, basically.
0: Yeah, and in February it was four years since my since the original surgery. Um, You you, know, uh, it's you know, it's uh, we're, we're looking at now is you know what do we expect now? We just have to keep you know. Making adjustments. Right. Um, I, I have to look into mineral supplements, things that I'm going to be talking about, and um, other things that you can do for yourself. Um, you know that we take for granted. Um, Saint John's Wort is sold uh, in is prescribed rather in Britain uh, more than any other antidepressant. You know there are just things and amino acids and those types of things. Yeah, that's
1: an over, isn't that an over the counter. Like I think you can buy St. John's Ward here, just yes. anywhere
0: yes yeah. you can, yeah, um, and uh, so it's really a matter of just living day to day and you know um they've they've even said to me, um because it's limited someone obviously if I go to the airport, I can't go through the metal detectors right. uh, you know um you know you're limited with certain exercise uh obviously if I hit my head or I get pushed in the chest, you know, there's, there's risk involved. Um, And it wasn't working for so long that even recently they've said, you know, we can take it out if you'd like. Wow. And I looked at him and I said, you know, I had three months of, for the first time ever feeling what happiness was like and everything was the most amazing, you know, I might have eaten just a grilled cheese sandwich uh, that I made very quickly, and it was the most amazing grilled cheese sandwich ever. You know, Yeah. Uh, and I said to have that kind of miracle, uh, it worked. This was not a placebo effect. I mean, yeah. this was uh, unfounded. It was unbelievable. I said, so how could you even think that I would want this removed?
1: On the um, off chance that it would start working again. I mean, well, that's what that's I'm relying thing. on.
0: Yeah, there. You know, what else now is there? Um, so
1: this and you have really... gone you've gone back and and they've adjusted uh the device uh you know boosted it uh to other I go about every 2 here. weeks. Yeah, I
0: go about every 2 weeks.
1: Um and, and uh and what what do they do when you go?
0: Uh you know what it's uh again because the the data is not been collected yet. There's a 4 year study. Uh there's still about 20 um patients, participants that have yet to have the surgery. So it's a long time yet to gather uh the data. Yeah. So uh it's really especially in my case being somebody so resistant for some reason, um, you know, it's it's kind of grasping its jaws. Let's try this, let's try that. Um there are different there are or more things than you think they could do with this thing, but um you know for a while we kept it at the exact settings that they were when I did uh go into remission mm-hmm. um, and just kind of uh raise and lower the uh, intensity levels and um adjust the positioning slightly but uh you know it's 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 a waiting period you never know you yeah. know we see we see people years later you know, getting affected by it. The brain is just that complex.
1: And you're also taking other medications as well. This isn't a... Uh, you, you don't just rely on the DBS to kick in. You're you're also... You have a bunch of different medications you take, correct?
0: Well, ultimately, we're aiming for, for the dopamine and the norepinephrine and, and the serotonin, the happy drug, uh, to be produced. And um, they definitely see... Um, uh, more um, people reacting better when they're uh, when they're on a uh, some adjunct medication, typically mm-hmm. a, a regular antidepressant, with the DBS. Um, my original thought was that this would kind of kick the DBS into overdrive, and the doctor actually said it could work the other way around. They just don't know, mm. but you're better off having that, you know. Um, uh, sort of helping it along. Yeah, uh, There are other, th- other things that uh, um, I've been trying. Uh, right now I'm on a medication that's used for restless leg syndrome. So there are a lot of trials that have found that these medications completely unrelated to depression uh, seem to have some uh, occasional positive effects with treatment-resistant depression.
1: Interesting. Yeah. So, so now your legs aren't uh, restless at all. Well, I
0: think that happens when you're sleeping, but I, I oh. of course, I've been alone my whole life, so I might be, you know, just practicing a little Bruce Lee moves, you know, but, uh, <laughs> because no, I don't no, usually no. wake up breast, but, yeah, <laughs> uh, but I don't tuck in, you know, so it's okay. Um, DBS has a lot of uses that have been very successful. Um, and, uh, you can go to Michael J. Fox's, uh, foundation website. They're doing great work. Um, and uh, yeah, for Parkinson's, right? Yes, um, I don't believe Michaels had the, the procedure yet because they did find a confluence of medications that seemed to really keep him in check. He made a mm-hmm. uh, when he started, uh, I don't remember what the name of the show was, um, but uh, since when he first contracted it, he uh, made a lot of progress, yeah. Uh, but they do a lot of good there. Uh, but it's also used for Alzheimer's. Um, very successful. They're using it for uh, dystonia, uh, real major balance problem.
1: I believe um, in the in the U.S. It's only approved for Parkinson's right now. Approved for Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, for dystonia, for um, oh, even in the U.S. It's approved for that. Yes, and oh,
0: OCD, okay. and OCD. It's yet there or here to be. Um, approved for treatment resistant depression so it's yeah. um it's uncharted uh, waters um but you know um i've contacted news and i've been covered in, in, my story's been covered in mclean's magazine and uh the local news here and i i want to take it a lot further to get the awareness out there for many reasons um you know uh people need to know um you know, what they're getting into, have they been assessed properly before they even think about this procedure. Um, But also Mm -hmm. that if I'm still here, uh, you know, do not give up, anything's possible. And, uh, you know, again, there's a lot of things coming out and um, this is, again, in the forefront of uh, neuropsychiatry, neurosurgery, uh, psychiatry, mental illness, uh, science in general, Um, So it's a real real amazing uh, bit of progress scientifically.
1: Well, yeah, it's interesting because there are some people uh, who don't believe in this and think it actually might be doing more harm. Which brings us to our news segment. So in our news segment today... Uh, we came across this, uh, another podcast actually, by Dr. Peter Bregan, uh, who's uh, an American psychiatrist and a critic of biological psychiatry and psychiatric medication. Uh, he, he advocates replacing psychiatry's use of drugs and electroconvulsive therapy with things like psychotherapy, education, empathy, love, you know, sort of all that new agey stuff
0: yeah And during my research you know uh i kind of got uh a real sense that i mean he is an older man and and he just you know he comes from a different time uh in psychiatry so you know there's a lot there's a big learning curve so that obviously is 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 some of it you know he has real concern at least for what they're doing
1: yeah and and one of his uh podcast, he was talking to journalist, uh, Danielle Egan, uh, about the negative side of DBS, uh, and whether, interestingly enough, whether it's a financial plot to simply make money, um, or, and, and is it really safe? We, we have a clip here from that podcast. Uh, and this is mostly, uh, Danielle Egan talking about this. Uh, she's, she agrees with Dr. Bregan, uh, about uh, uh, the dangers of DBS. Let's have a listen.
2: Yeah. Well, at um, the, the there's uh, currently some research going on at University Western Hospital in Toronto. That's where the first DBS, the first psychiatric DBS. um yeah, I think were that's happening. where I closed the women's lobotomy ward in the seventies. Well, they're a little bit more careful. Uh, typically, the the uh, trials I see are um they 're pretty much equal fifty fifty male female it 's not like electric shock therapy where you have seventy to eighty percent are are women um, they're they 're a little bit more careful with those kind of things but but yeah, I mean it seems that that at these centers that did have these kind of procedures that were doing these procedures in the sixties and seventies that continues to this day. So you see it at Harvard, Mass General. You see it at these, these specialty centers in different places. But another aspect of this is, is also the marketing of it. So you have a neuromodulation device. Uh, it's called neuromodulation or neurostimulation modification um, as a market. So um, this market is booming. And you have these device manufacturers that are paying big bucks To do these trials to try to get their device to be used in as many treatments as possible.
1: So, what do you think about that? Uh, Is this a simply a a way for these companies to make money by selling the devices, or do you think it actually uh, they just don't understand what positive effects it could have?
0: No, I mean again, there's clearly uh, treatment resistance. In depression, you know, in in, in not many cases, um, but, you know, that don't react to these other forms. And there's been a lot of work done by uh, neuroscientists um, and a lot of, uh, you know, useful uh, data that, that would indicate that this could be effective. Right. And... Um, well, and so- you,
1: you had three months of of proof, at least in your in your eyes, that it was working.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, while they were happy for me, you know, when you you know, and one of the concerns that I know Daniel Egan has, and that kind of side of things, you know, they want to make sure that the clinical trials are being done, uh, you know, uh, by the FDA, by Health Canada standards. Um you know, and there are placebo groups and there are non-placebo groups, and uh, you know, and people are informed of all the risks and, and, and uh, you know, followed up and, and et cetera, all of that, right. Um, so that's that's very important. Uh, Danielle Egan is a journalist who who uh, is real passionate about um, just making sure that all the bases are being covered. Mm-hmm. um and the other you know things are being done first and people don't rush into this um and uh, she really you know helen mayberg is uh very well respected around the world uh for uh, discovering this area 25 um and um you know there's uh again there's there's risk involved and uh there's varying degrees of of people who um, you know, reactors um, so, uh, versus people the, who are who are remitters who actually go through remission, like I did for a brief time.
1: So, she, in in the clip we heard, uh, she was talking about uh, the clinical trials. Uh, is it specifically the trial that you you're participating in?
0: That's what she was talking about. uh, That's where uh, it started for deep brain stimulation uh, with my neurosurgeon, uh, Dr. Andres Lozano, and Dr. Helen Mayberg, who uh, is in Emory now. But she was um, with the team in Toronto in 2005 when they did their first study um, and uh, did have a good element of success and Mm -hmm. uh, was able to get the patent. And and, um, it's been going ever since. Uh, with varying degrees of success and, uh, you know, again, without uh, some concrete data, uh, it's very difficult, especially as a patient mm-hmm. who's who's ready to give up. There's not a lot of, you know, uh, questions that can be answered. You have so many questions and you want some kind of good news and you want some kind of reassurance. And unfortunately, it, uh, they can be very robotic, you, you know, yeah. you 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 take uh a bunch of uh, written tests and uh um you know again go through you know certain adjustments and and uh you wait it out and you continue going yeah and hope for the
1: best so there are some treatments that uh dr. Bregan would approve of since they're not surgical or medicinal yes,
0: and in many ways he's right um if you're uh again, suffering with TRD specifically, and you're in the severe category, uh, it's gonna be extremely challenging. to give a damn about anything or to, um, uh, you know, to start any kind of new regiment and care about it. Uh, you know, and that's the real danger of it. Um, but, uh, when you, if you do start getting and and occasionally I do have better days and I know, uh, I would score better on the test, you know, maybe get into the moderate range and when you get there, uh, it, you know, some things are possible and you don't just sit and, uh, cry all day long, mm-hmm. um, and um, you know many of those things have to do with your diet. Um, are you doing any kind of exercising? Typically, with depression, uh, it, you know, depression is linked uh, with physical energy, and you it, it just drains all of your energy. So uh, then you become unphysically fit. So you know it affects the mind body connection. Um, you know. Uh, it is just what it is.
1: Um, yeah, you could get so into a vicious th- cycle where you, you, your body gets worse, so you feel worse about yourself, and then that makes your depression worse.
0: Yeah, and it's, you know, and uh, that's one of the other downfalls, uh, you know, uh, all the time that I've been working with these uh, top uh, physicians in their field Uh, For years now, uh, they have to follow such a a rigid process and, um, uh, you know, everyone has to be asked the same exact question. You know, everything has to be uh, for it to to come out scientific, you know, with data, accurate data. Um, You really need to sort of, uh, you know, uh, maintain a... uh, A very tight ship, Um, but but uh, they in all that time have never talked to me about you know am I eating well am I taking these kind of supplements or you know it's it's been known for years Uh, um, you know again Saint John's Wort is is the um, top selling antidepressant in Britain it it Mm -hmm. outsells any antidepressant Um, magnesium is found to be um, uh, depleted. when you're, uh, your brain is going through this this type of trauma. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, folic acid, types of B vitamins, uh, vitamin C, uh, uh, amino acids, people get on a regimen of that and tend to a lot of time um, uh, get uh, sometimes a lot of relief. Um, so, you know, uh, that's what I hope for is to, uh, I've been going up and down from sort of the moderate level to the severe, uh, the moderate level may last a week, and the severe may last three months. Hmm. You know, I I need some consistency to be able to create new habits and right. not live in a world of cognitive distortion and, um, you know, uh, just sort of living for my last moment. Um, there are other things too, obviously talk therapy, you know, again, if you can concentrate and really take it in, uh, but new types of things that sort of are, um, you know, uh, belief system based, uh, really sort of taking control of your mind, not, not thinking in uh, the rage of the past, and all your regrets, and what's going to happen in the future, but just right now, uh, you know, like mindfulness is uh, is recommended and has been recommended to me by several psychiatrists. Um, there's a lot of uh, schools for mindfulness, and um, uh, they do a lot of good work. And the simplest definition of mindfulness is pay attention to paying attention to one's experience in the present moment. So, you know, it involves observing thoughts and emotions from moment to moment without judging or being, you know, caught up in them, Um, you know, so during a practice session, when the mind wanders, uh, there's a mediator who, who, who takes note of where it goes uh, and calmly, you, you know, return to that moment um, and, you know, you might focus on, you know, your breathing or body sensations or a yoga move. But it's basically to focus your thoughts into something um, direct and, um, you, know, uh, you know, useful and, and it will take your mind off um, the typical tapes that play in your head yeah. uh, 24 hours a day. Uh, and that leads it to CBT cognitive behavioral therapy where you change those thoughts you know um and you replace them
1: this sounds like uh meditation to a degree is that part of it
0: mindfulness uh yeah my, well it's called mindfulness med- meditation mm-hmm. um there's, uh, and uh, you know, let's not leave out, and you and I will get into this big time uh, because we haven't told everyone uh, about our whole musical side of our lives. Right. Uh, but um, uh, there's uh, music therapy, uh, which has been extremely successful. I've taught it uh, and been successful with children with ADD and, and, and those types of things. Um, but uh, it also has to do with, with mindfulness. Uh, focus and uh, being able to to have that sense of control and again being in the moment and not uh, you know uh, sort of escaping from your worries about the big picture
1: so uh, on the subject of mindfulness on a website called the we'll have the link uh, on the blog um Sex researcher, Dr. Lori Brado from Vancouver says that, uh, low sex drive in women isn't caused by physiological wiring and plumbing problems, but rather by, uh, a psychological mind body disconnect. And she mm-hmm. recommends mindfulness and teaches mindfulness, uh, mm-hmm. and, and Buddhists have practiced this type of meditation for years. Uh, so it's interesting that, uh, it's being used to increase the sex drive in women. So I'm all for mindfulness.
0: Well, you know, it. I suppose maybe if you're married for a lot of years, you know, it becomes sort of like something you do on a holiday or Valentine's Day or something. But lest we never forget, sex is very healthy in many different ways, and I'm not joking about that. Well, it's good for that too. <laughs> uh, but but if you consider if you both have uh, interests that are similar or at least fit together, whether it be you know fetishes or fantasies or whatever, that get your libido heightened, um, if you get your mind in that place, um, just like with uh, psychology, mental illness, I mean it all starts in your brain. Yes. And that's why awareness and family issues—all these things need to be uh, out and talked about constantly yes. because this is a disease you cannot see, but doesn't mean that it is not potentially fatal. At right. least in, in in my case, um, uh, you know, whoever thought that we saw Robin Williams coming and and uh, we would lose somebody like that? Yeah. Uh, so. We want to avoid that and uh, and just make sure that the, the monies and the the, the, uh, the intentions and the doctors are, are are going in the right direction. And uh, because this is serious business and uh, this yeah. could easily ruin somebody's life, uh, but they can also give it back to you and. Uh, yeah. If it so, comes back to me, I'm going to spend the rest of my life uh, giving back and, and speaking about this and uh, doing peer support and helping others. and yeah. Um,
1: so this is why I'm, I, I totally agree. I, I'm kind of on board with both sides of the argument as far as uh, what Dr. Bregan was saying about uh, uh, you know trying things like meditation, mindfulness, and uh, non-surgical, non-medicinal treatments but at the same time, I think there needs to be tons of research done on the medicinal side, on the surgical side, just basically all sides to to try to um, conquer this disease, basically. Yeah. And unfortunately, mental illness
0: is only increasing. And uh, we put a lot of labels on things, which makes uh, things even more difficult mm. um, and... You know, a lot of times there's not, uh, you know, like here in Canada, uh, most psychiatrists have at least a six-month waiting list to get in. Wow. Uh, So, you know, how much time do they have to do uh, a real effective talk therapy session and then even get into uh, your diet and et cetera and, and, and. Uh, You know, telling people to keep uh, thought journals and and all these things—these are things that are very important. Yeah, and are are just very overlooked. I told the team uh, at the hospital that I think it would be a good idea to have. you know, either a psychologist there or just, uh, you know, maybe an MSW or, um, you know, uh, somebody mind, body, you know, just to be able to help people through the study and help them deal with not being able to get their questions answered and help them keep hope alive, knowing that this could work tomorrow or it could work in three years. Right? Uh, you know, uh, all these things and, um, you know... Um, the fact that uh, I know inherently the fact that I'm not exercising regularly and I'm eating mostly processed foods because I'm on disability and that's what they pay you and that's what I can afford. Um, that's not good enough. Uh, you know, uh, just as, you know, you've been through a lot of diets and even you, yeah. if you do a Jenny Jenny Craig diet, you know, those are boxed processed yes. foods. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're going to get you're, you know, everything's. If you force yourself to start just sitting down to a tomato or, a, you know, some uh, Brussels sprouts.
1: Oh, I love Brussels sprouts.
0: Well, and
1: eat them. I do. I do like actually, them actually too.
0: Yeah, yeah I always like them too. We're, we're children.
1: Yeah, you actually introduced me to Brussels sprouts. Believe it or not, we always called them the brain. The little which brain, which is ironic. Yeah, a, which like is little. ironic. Yeah, it really is. And you they, peel a little layers away. and <laughs> We'll do a yeah. cooking podcast next.
0: <laughs> yes,
1: definitely. So um, we're getting close to the end here. So uh, I wanted to give out one uh, mental myth of the day. Uh, mm, yes, you, that you was know a that, good one. You know that most people believe that we use only 10% of our brain. But according to neurologist Barry Gordon, isn't he the Flash? anyway uh, yes uh, we use a hundred percent of our brain over a period of 24 hours
0: actually I think the flash was Barry Davis maybe
1: uh, I don't know I have to look that up yeah uh, we'll put it in the blog <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> um, so I, I'm trying to wrap my my head around this quote um, so yes most people believe we use 10% of our brain we we hear that all the time um, but when he says we use a hundred percent of it over a period of twenty-four hours, I'm I'm assuming that means our brain is active in all uh, all parts of our brain are active at different parts of the day, just never a hundred percent at once.
0: That's right. That's right. Interesting. Uh, and yeah, <laughs> and and it's but they're they're doing lots of different things. It's not just direct thought necessarily. Um So right. it's it's a little bit of a vague quote, but. But uh, to even guess what percentage we use, uh, a.k.a. if you saw the movie, Lucy, you know, uh, they made it clear before they made that movie because they got a lot of you know critics afterwards who said the obvious, but they said it before. Uh, we're not this is not based on facts. We want to make an entertaining movie with some uh, you know some basic facts and yeah. uh, um, and it's a timely film, and I thought it was very good. Um, i'll have to watch it i haven't seen it yet well and now that you got our brains working let me give you uh because again uh, we want everyone uh to smile um I, i've got to force myself to smile and uh laughter is the best medicine um and uh <laughs> these are some extremely u- that's right you guys see yes. keep laughing but uh, these are um some really useless factoids um but uh there're just fun. uh things that uh I think some people should know for instance most american car horns honk in the key of f interesting you now would you ever consciously think about that um you why know why did
1: they choose f
0: that's a good question and we will put that up on the blog <laughs> <laughs> uh, or you always have google.com um and uh, a couple of other ones that uh, you may not know. For instance, a pig's orgasm lasts for 30 minutes. I've heard about now, that. And you know now why that is? Actually,
1: who gathered that <laughs> The data? But you know why, why that is, is? Why is that? They practice mindfulness. Ah. Yeah, they're hams for mindfulness. Ha. <laughs> um,
0: And uh, what else did I have for you? Um, uh... Well, actually, Mel Blanc, the voice of Bugs Bunny, was allergic to carrots. Very important <laughs> to know. Um, the electric chair was invented by a dentist, and that's why I never go to the dentist. Yeah, uh, they're just they're, it, people who become dentists. I, I just don't trust anyone who would have that interest. <laughs> um, more people are killed annually by donkeys than airplane
1: crashes. That's so, why uh, I will never go uh, near a donkey.
0: Yeah, stay away from ass, just take a nice plane ride and go on vacation. Uh, and lastly, uh, it's important to know that a whale's penis is
1: called a dork. Really? Yes. So when everyone was, kept calling me a dork in high school. That's uh, right. No, I'm even madder than I was back then.
0: You had a brain, you let them uh, make you unhinged, and um, we we can't have that.
1: Absolutely not. Well, thanks for those <laughs> interesting factoids. Uh, Absolutely, we'll have to uh, come up with a few more of those for our next podcast.
0: Oh, I've got plenty. I'm sure you do. Yeah. Well, we we need to, you know, make sure people. Um, know that we're interested in completely useless things (laughs) as well as uh, uh, things that will keep us alive and uh, but we do want to get into uh, uh, the music therapy thing and um, start to introduce uh, us and our story about uh, meeting and uh, playing guitar together
1: yeah yeah that's Uh, that's definitely uh, a big part of our lives so
0: But lots to talk about with the brain, and I will, of course, uh, keep regular updates in our podcasts on how the study's going and uh, uh, just uh, where my life is uh, destined to lead.
1: So we should wrap it up, but I just want to close with this quote that you said that really got me. People just don't understand how stressful it is to explain what's going on in your head when you don't even understand it yourself.
0: Something to think about for sure, and communication is key, never forget. Always good to be with you, Ed, and I look forward to next week's podcast.
1: Yes, we'll have lots to talk about next week. See you all there.